Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for the working woman where each week we cover the latest headlines the businesswoman needs to know and we chat to boss women making an impact in their industry. I'm your host, Abby Zufelt. Welcome to episode 68 of Working Girl Talk. Hope you've been having a great week. I took some time off this week and have just been prepping things for the podcast and creating content, also watching some TV and just unwinding. So it's been a recharge week for me and I did, I took my own advice, I took some vacation days and that's something important to do right now because there have been uh, studies and articles about that nobody's taking vacation this year because of everything happening. So if you need a little reminder, it's okay to take a day off. Working Girl Talk gives you permission. If you need a day off, go ahead and take one. So let's dive into this week's headlines. We have some interesting ones. And a quick note before we do, if you haven't reviewed Working Girl Talk yet, give us five stars, write a little review. Why do you like this show? I love to see your reviews. I love hearing your feedback. And it just helps the podcast get seen by more working women. First story, according to TechCrunch, Alexa can now control your printer. So if you are an Amazon Alexa user, this may be some helpful news for you. So they announced that a new Alexa-enabled printing feature will be available, and it allows the Echo device, your voice commands, to print. So the feature works with any second-generation Echo device or newer, and a number of compatible printers like HP, Canon, Epson. You can check if your printer works with the feature by saying, Alexa, discover my printer. And my Alexa is trying to discover my printer right now that I just said that. <laughs> Stop, Alexa, please. And that goes into my other thought on this. It was like, well, like time for millennials to get a printer because there's always like a running joke. I don't know if you've seen that meme where it's like millennials don't even have a printer. And it's true. I do. It's somewhere. I don't know where it is in my house and it's broken. And so I never have a printer. Need one though. So if you have one, Alexa can probably help you out now. Next story. TechCrunch reported that a bug in United Airlines' website let anyone access the ticket information for travelers who requested a refund. Dun, dun, dun. Especially right now during this year when there is a lot of refunding going on. This is not good news for United. So the airline's website lets users check their refund status by entering their ticket number and last name. But the website wasn't validating the last name, making it possible to access other travelers' refund information by changing the ticket number. So basically, you just type in any ticket number and see whoever had that ticket. IT security expert Oliver Lino found the bug, told TechCrunch that he could see travelers' surnames, the payment type, and currency used to buy the ticket, and the refund amount. Not good, not good, United. Next story, a blast from the past. So have you heard about this? This is crazy. Facebook is going back to the old days and is launching a college-focused social network. The company announced this week the launch of a new social networking platform, Facebook Campus. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) So this offers college students a private place to connect with classmates, join groups, discover upcoming campus events, get updates, and chat with other students in their dorms. Classic college. What? So Facebook is going back to this, which is pretty funny because if you don't know, this is how Facebook started. If you have not ever watched the movie, The Social Network, 
pause the podcast, go watch it, come back. Because that explains all you need to know about Mark Zuckerberg and, and all the drama. And basically this started as a college, this was just for college students. So a little bit more details about the the new quote unquote platform Facebook is launching. The new platform requires a school email address. That's how it was in the old days too, to join and will live within a designated or a dedicated section of the Facebook app. It will be accessible from a tab at the bottom of the screen or from the more menu alongside sections like watch, dating, games, news, marketplace, all the others. So pretty funny throwback. To me, this is Facebook trying to once again reach back to that demographic because they've really lost that demographic, even though that's the one they started with. So I think this is an attempt to do that. Not a bad idea. And I mean, it worked the first time, right? So I guess they're just trying to tap back into that. But it is pretty funny since they started like this. Oh, got away from it. We want everyone. And now they're like, oh, wait, come back, college kids. So kind of funny. But it may work out for them because a platform like that actually is helpful. And I know when I started college, the college itself had their own little internal platform that was very similar where you could like, oh, meet your roommate before you go and things like that so I think especially now with everything digital colleges like need that kind of community building online so maybe this will be a way to do it I wonder if they will end up teaming up with some colleges for like testing we will see and last headline of the week another throwback to the good old days a blast from the past article Forbes reported this week that gateway laptops and tablets which will come in the iconic cow-spotted boxes, will be sold exclusively by Walmart. So I don't know if anyone remembers this, but back in the day, we had gateway computers. They had the cow-spotted boxes. It was like a thing. So some more details on this new revamped version. Customers won't be able to buy gateway gear inside stores but they will be sold online. So just like some across the board, we have some laptops, some tablets, some of them are affordable, some a little more pricey, but they this is all done by Acer, which bought the brand in 2007 for $710 million. And they haven't released new gateway products since 2013. And the website hasn't been updated in years, which I thought was a funny note that Forbes added. So they are making a comeback, a little throwback to back in the day I don't even was that the 90s so throwback maybe that nostalgia will get people and the prices are pretty good a $69 tablet is a lot cheaper than an iPad so maybe we'll see we'll see gateway making a comeback and I'm so excited let's dive into today's guest we have Stephanie Becker with us today Stephanie Becker is the owner of a boutique SEO agency Stephanie Becker Digital as well as the creator of the online course SEO for creatives in this episode we talk about creating a killer SEO strategy for your business and where to start if you don't know where, monetizing through affiliate marketing and making money through your website or blog, and her favorite SEO tools. If you have been a listener to this show for a while, you know that SEO is like my jam. I love it. So I loved having her on and just like going on and on about SEO. I could talk to her forever. So it was super fun. I hope this is helpful for you. It's always helpful to kind of refresh on your SEO wherever you are at with it, whether you're beginning or an expert. It's always nice to hear another perspective and to hear all these insider tips. And also something cool, Stephanie did give Working Girl Talk listeners a little freebie. So I will link the link in the show notes for this episode. So make sure you check out the freebie. Now let's dive into the interview. Welcome Stephanie to the show. 
So we are so excited to welcome Stephanie to the show today. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we love it. We are a big fan of SEO around here and we're always trying to up-level our search and our optimization. So we are super excited to have you. Yeah, well, I hope I can help. Yes, yes, yes. So in typical Working Girl Talk fashion, can you just give us like a brief intro, who you are and what you do, which I kind of already spoiled it by bringing up SEO, but... (laughs) Yeah, my name is Stephanie Becker. I am the owner of Stephanie Becker Digital Marketing, which initially started out as a full service digital marketing agency. But really, once I got into the weeds and found my my passion with small creative entrepreneurs, I just saw the need for help in the area of SEO, which for anyone who doesn't know is search engine optimization. So that's helping your website climb the ranks of Google. So when someone searches for your name specifically, but also the services and the products that you offer, you would hope that your business showed up at the top of search engines. And that's exactly what I do. I help small creative entrepreneurs and small businesses climb the ranks of Google. So they are at the top and bringing in that traffic from search engines. That is so very valuable. Yes. Love it. Which is, it's super crucial these days because like everything is online. Like the first time you hear a business, it's like, oh, I'm going to go check out their website. I'm going to, yeah. So we need it. (laughs) It really is. It really is. I am so I love being in this space so much because everyone does need SEO at one point or it becomes a priority at one point. And so getting to work with small businesses, wherever they are in their growth journey has um, been really special. And I, I love this space so much. Awesome. So also in typical working girl talk fashion, we are going to go back in time. So we need to hear the story, Stephanie. So I was doing some digging on you and I know you spent some time in Singapore as a kid. Like we need to hear about that. And we want to just hear about your career journey because SEO is something that people kind of don't know how to get into as a career. So lay it on us. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I did grow up in Singapore. I was born here in Phoenix, Arizona. My dad got a job overseas in Singapore. And so my whole family moved over there for about five years, a little more than five years. And it was the most amazing experience. So I moved there when I was six, moved back when I was 11. So most of my childhood there. And it was honestly the most beautiful perfect place to grow up as a kid. Um, It's so safe there. So when I was like, you know, about 10 years old, I was taking taxis to my friend's house, which in America would never, would never happen, but it's so safe there. The crime rate is like basically nothing. So once I moved back, I was really excited to, you know, spend time with my family and I spent the rest of my childhood here with um, my parents and my brothers. Um, I went to Arizona State University and I graduated with, yep, go Devils, with a degree in business communications. And while I was in college, I was really trying to find what I wanted my career path to be. And there's a local company here called Bloggettes. Are you familiar? Yes, with, I remember. Yeah, that. I don't know if they're around as Bloggettes anymore. Um, but they were hosting a class on SEO. And I was really starting to be interested in blogging. It's like right about when blogging became super popular and I wanted to dip my toes in. And so they were hosting this class about SEO and I didn't even know what SEO was. I probably couldn't even tell you what it stood for, which if you don't know is search engine optimization, but I paid for the class and I went anyway. And I sat there and 
I remember them, the leader or the instructor saying, okay, now everyone go around and tell, say a few things about your business because like, why else would someone be there if they didn't have a blogger business? And they got to me, I was so embarrassed. I was just like, I don't have either of those things. And I'm pretty sure she was just confused on why I was there, but it was really fun. And I learned a lot. After the class was over, I grabbed her, the instructor's card and I headed off. Once I was approaching graduation, I actually had emailed her because the more that I had spent time around digital marketing and learning about it, it's something I really wanted to pursue. Um, and she actually worked at a top-ranked digital marketing agency in Tempe. And when I emailed her, there just happened to be a position open. And through that connection, I that was my first job out of college, working at a digital marketing agency. And so after spending a few years there working with a lot of high profile clients, but also just bigger corporations, bigger businesses, we, I really learned what was effective, what worked, what didn't in the SEO space and working at an agency, I swear, is like drinking out of a fire hose of information and experience. If, if you have any interest in getting into digital marketing, I say work for an agency because you will learn everything there. Um, and that, at least that's what it did for me. And I was, I'm so grateful for that experience. I really, really loved that job so much, but I felt this pull to bring, while I was getting married, I was working with a lot of small businesses and vendors and florists and wedding planners. And I just saw the need because I loved working with them so much, but they're, they really didn't have a great website experience. Their SEO status wasn't as strong as I would have thought. And I immediately just felt this pull, like I can bring what I'm doing for my bigger corporation clients and bring this to small creative entrepreneurs. And that is exactly what I did. And it's been about four years now that I've been running Stephanie Becker Digital Marketing, um, which started out more in the service-based side of things. So like I was actually the one implementing and doing a lot of SEO and I still do that today, but really where I've been able to help the most amount of people is through my SEO course. So I do have an online course that will teach people from beginning to end how to learn SEO and how to implement it on their site. And that really is my main focus right now. Amazing. We love it. So many things there. And I totally agree about the agency life. I worked at an agency too, and you have to wear so many hats like every day that it's the best way to learn. It's overwhelming to say the least. Like I remember crying from tears of tears of stress, but also tears of happiness because I love the job so much. And yeah, you just like, you can't beat that experience, honestly. Yeah, it's so true. One of my professors at ASU said that too. Like, if you want to really learn everything about this industry, you go work at an agency, at least for a few years, give it a try just so you can get all that knowledge. And it's so true. But I feel like agencies, you have to be careful because sometimes they burn you out a little bit because it is so wild. <laughs> for sure. For sure. But it's, it's such a great first job too, because yeah. you are going to have so many different clients that if you want, like you'll make so many different connections. I, when I left the agency, I knew that I could probably secure another position with my clients companies just because I had built a relationship with them so much that I knew like, if I really didn't like being an entrepreneur, if I didn't like owning my own business, I could definitely find something through all the connections that I had made. So it really is a great place to start. 
I don't know how long you can work there, especially if you worked at an agency like mine, because it's just so, you're right, you get burnt out, but it's amazing. Yes, yes, that is so awesome. And I like that you mentioned too, that it was something like more, like you took the initiative and went to the Bloggets workshop and then it was something a part of your job, but it like specifically like digital marketing skills like this, they're not something just like handed over like in your traditional like college setting typically. I mean, like they may touch on it, but you kind of have to seek out that knowledge and like kind of rise to the top there, which I think is a good takeaway, like especially for the listeners of this show that may want to get into this industry. For sure. And it's also almost, it's a good thing. And in some ways what I'm seeing too, it's not the best thing because you just have to be so careful with people who call themselves digital marketing professionals and you know who you're learning from because I've definitely, because there is no, I mean, there probably are digital marketing degrees now, but they're newer. And so there's just not a lot of established professionals in this space, but luckily there is plenty of information online and you can really become your own teacher in taking the initiative to learn, but I completely agree. Yes, that is awesome. So we are going to dive into a little bit more of the specifics, which I'm super excited to talk about. So if somebody is, they have no idea where to begin with SEO and they have like, let's say a website, where's the start for like creating an SEO strategy for your business? So to start your SEO strategy, the first thing that you want to look at is, well, obviously your website, but Think about how much content you're creating and what pace you're creating it and how often you're updating your website with real core valuable content. So if you think about your website and you have, let's say your homepage, your about page, your contact page, and maybe your services page. So that's four pages. And that ultimately only gives you four opportunities to show up in search engines. And so to increase the likelihood that you're going to be showing up in search engines, what I always recommend to my clients or anyone that I work with is to start a content creation plan. For most people who don't have a podcast or another way that they're putting content out, this usually takes place in the form of a blog. And so if you have a blog on your website, but you just maybe haven't been posting to it, that's totally fine. There's no, you know, no worries. Just get started posting to it as often as you can. I like to say once a week, but think about different ways that you could serve your audience through these blogs. One suggestion that I like to make is if you get asked the same questions over and over again about your product or service, write a full blog post, like 300 plus words about the topic that people always ask you about and post that to your blog and kind of repeat that process until you've gotten through all your FAQs. Um, And like I said, posting about once a week is, is a great place to start. Love, love. I, and I, that's nice too, because it's not as overwhelming because sometimes there's like, oh, there's so many things to worry about. But yeah, just start, start posting, get that consistency, and then you can add on things. Yeah, because if you don't have content on your website, there's not a lot for us to optimize. So if you, if you just have... <laughs> Yeah, if you just have a, you know, a few website pages, but you want to invest in this SEO strategy, you're just not going to see the growth that you're hoping to see. So starting off with just building up that content base is exactly where I would recommend you start. Awesome. And do you, this is something that I struggle with. So I have always been very pro WordPress. Like I was like, I'm a WordPress. Like I love like the WordPress, like Yoast plugin, like for SEO, like that's always like my jam recently. Like I'm building the working girl talk website right now and I switched to Squarespace. So I feel so like, 
I don't know. I just like design wise, I just like wanted that type of look and feel. But so do you have any like specific recs for a WordPress site, a Squarespace site? Like what are your thoughts on that? And like, don't worry about offending me because I, I love (laughs) WordPress. I love WordPress too. So the research says that WordPress is the most SEO friendly platform. That is what I've experienced as well. However, Squarespace is my next favorite. And there's a few reasons why. It's not, it's not that you can't rank a Squarespace or another drag and drop builder site, but like I said, WordPress really is the most SEO friendly. It's the most robust and you're going to have the most opportunity, but you really have to weigh that where with where you are in your business. So if you're just getting started or you know, you're going to need to make a lot of changes. If you have used WordPress before, you know that it's not as user-friendly. You can't just go log on and change your whole website in a day because you usually need the help of a developer to implement those changes. So if you know you're going to be making a lot of design updates, I think starting with the Squarespace site is perfectly fine. If you are in business for 10 years and you know what your products, your services are, and really the main content that you're updating is your blog posts, um, then I think WordPress is the way to go because you're going to be able to monetize it so much better than you would a Squarespace site. But there's really no bad choice. It's really just, unless you're choosing Wix, don't go with Wix. I would say if you have to choose a drag and drop builder, I I love um, Squarespace and I love show it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We don't mess around with Wix. (laughs) Yeah. No, no Wix. You can do better than Wix from day one. Go to Squarespace. (laughs) Uh, Can you just do like a brief, like why we don't like Wix? Yeah, absolutely. So Wix is just, it's a drag and drop builder like Squarespace. It's just been around forever and their SEO capabilities are just very poor and so are their designs. I honestly feel bad saying that, but it's just the truth. I think they have gotten a lot better and I would change my opinion if they change their website designs. But if you're just looking for something that's visually you know, appealing, simple to use and beautiful Squarespace or show it if WordPress isn't an option for you at the time. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Cause Wix, we had an agency, I had a client that was on it and it's just so clunky and like, you don't have as much control. And that's, I think that's like the biggest thing too. Like, like you were saying, like with WordPress, you have so much control over anything. Like you literally like can change everything, which that is huge for SEO and also the design, like UX is a big part of SEO as well. So we don't mess with the Wix templates. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's why Squarespace too is really nice because those these website builders, they have designers on their team that have already done all of the user experience testing. So when you're picking templates from their bank of templates, you know that they've been tested and you know you're not going to market with something that's completely terrible. And with Wix, you may not have that same experience. I don't know though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Up Up to everyone. But yeah, I totally, I love your recommendations. Um, So let's talk about monetization because we need that money. So affiliate marketing, making money from your blog, how do we do that? So a lot of people I think start, if you are an influencer or a blogger, you probably are starting your blogger website for that specific purpose is to help with monetization, but how you go, you can go about that in a few different ways. So Affiliate links are everywhere, right? So this is like if someone posts something that they bought from Amazon, 
typically if you purchase from their link, you will, they will receive a small commission for you purchasing through their link. And so where I see a few people, a few people, where I see a lot of people making the most money from their website is by embedding these affiliate links within their blog posts. And so let's say like the Nordstrom sale is going on right now. And so you'll see a ton of blog posts about the Nordstrom sale and people's roundups and their picks. And what they're doing is they go to Nordstrom.com and they are picking out all of their favorite items from the sale and bringing them the links over to their blog and then writing an extensive piece about what they like, why they like it, so there's that combination of adding words to a page, um, adding images, and then they embed these links. And so when you have all of these links on your page, it gives your audience more opportunities to buy directly from you and increase that commission. For if, let's say you're not a blogger, you're not interested in the Nordstrom sale or something like that. Even um, if you were writing a blog post about how to start a podcast, you could link your microphone and the headphones that you use and any software that you use. And that way, if you are genuinely referring people to these products or services, you're going to be able to earn a small commission based on that sale. And how SEO plays into that is your audience or your website traffic may be limited to how much how, how big your audience is on social media. So for me, I don't have a huge audience. So it would be really hard for me to make a substantial income from affiliate links to my website because I don't have 200,000 followers to go to my website. But when you rank in Google and in Bing and other search engines, you're driving traffic to your site without you having to post a swipe up on Instagram. People are looking for you and they're finding you and they're ultimately purchasing from you. And so that's how SEO plays into a really strong affiliate strategy because if you wanna increase the revenue from your affiliate links, driving traffic to your site from search engines and also from social media is really the only way to accomplish that. Love it. And for somebody who is like more on the unfamiliar side of like affiliate links and wanting yeah. to get into that. So do you typically like look to that brand to like find, Hey, do you have some sort of like recommendation program or is it like, I know Amazon, you have like, you can make your own like shop type listing. Um, but like yes, yes. any insight onto that? Yeah. So there's a few different affiliate platforms. And even if you're not a big influencer, or even if you don't consider your in an influencer at all. Signing up for the Amazon affiliate program and also reward style and another one is shop style is going to be so, so helpful to you because the dollars add up. I mean, your website is probably going to live for years and years and years. So when you do the work of embedding an affiliate link where it makes sense for your audience, like I said, if it's a blog post about podcasting, linking all of your podcast materials, that's helpful to your audience. So they don't have to go do the digging. But when you have signed up for all of these programs, no matter how big your audience size, your website is, um, it's free to do. Anyone can do it. I do think with Rewards Out and Shop Style that they have like um, a interview process where they just review your application. But definitely signing up is the way to go because you'll be earning income from these links for years and years to come. Awesome. And you don't have to work for it. Like you're not making right. a sale. It's just like, Hey, if somebody wants clicks on your website, awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. And so affiliate links are definitely a really strong way to accomplish this. If 
Um, I do have another way that I recommend people monetize their website and that is through ads. And so there's a few different ad platforms. I will say that they're, both of these strategies are more effective with more traffic to your website. And that's why SEO is so important because like I said, you, you're kind of maxed out with how many followers you have, but you have endless opportunity to grow your traffic with Google. Um, but there are different ad networks that you can sign up for and they will place ads on your website wherever you want. So it's like most of the time they're really low profile ads. I guess it really depends. You can have a lot of ads if you wanted to, but, um, and then every time someone comes to your website, you make money from the page view because they're viewing the ad. And so both of those strategies combined are like a superpower, especially if you have a big following, because you could go from, you know, making $0 a day from your website to, I have clients personally have clients who make about $200 a day just from their website. That is so awesome. So if you want, or if you're interested in getting ads put on your website, do you do that with your, like your WordPress, like your, whoever your site is built on, or how does that work? Is there another platform for that? There's a few different platforms. So one of the most popular and the easiest to get accepted to is Google AdSense. And so that's A-D-S-E-N-S-E. And you can just go sign up. You can do it no matter how much traffic you have. The problem is you just only make about a dollar to a day from your site if you don't have a ton of traffic. So you kind of have to weigh your user experience there. Let's say like if you are you know, selling a service to clients and you're hoping that they book you, maybe you don't really need ads on your site because it doesn't really play into a positive experience. But if you are a blogger and you're offering tons of free information or like you don't, a lot of influencers, they don't necessarily have services or products that they're selling. Like their product and service is their blog. So in that scenario, having ads on your site makes perfect sense. And it's still a very positive user experience because you're showing them an ad, but in return, they're getting all of this free content. Yes. So true. I like the distinction there. So kind of like if you're comfortable with it, go for it. If not, just stick with the affiliate links or do it all. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Or do it all. That like, it really is a great combination. Um, and it also inspires you to create more content. I think like, let's say you have a shirt that you love, or you found something from I already use Nordstrom as an example, but really anything that you like, it just inspires you to get this information on your website where it will live forever rather than social media, like in stories where it's going to go away after 24 hours. And then that link just dies. Most time you, you want to have your website be a living, breathing entity of everything that you're talking about on social media so that people have something to refer back to. Exactly. And that's such a good point too, because your website will always be there. Like the internet's not going away, but like social media, like you don't own Instagram with a member of, I think it was like last year when it was like Insta, hashtag Instagram down when like they went down for like a day and everyone was losing their mind. I'm, like, I'm just going. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. What are your favorite SEO tools? So I have two tools that I live and die by. And they, the first one I think we talked about briefly is Yoast. And so Yoast is a plugin for WordPress. And if you're not familiar what a plugin is, it's almost comparable to an app on your iPhone. So you can install a plugin on your, on your website, on your WordPress site specifically, and it helps you 
build out your website pages so that they are as Google friendly as possible. And so what I'm talking about when I say Google friendly is there are specific signals and words and phrases and structures on your website that Google looks for when it's deciding whether your website is high quality or low quality. So Google really acts like, I mean, they are a business and they want whoever searching on Google to have an extremely positive experience. And the way they do that is by making sure that the people that they put on the first page have high quality websites. So really our job as SEOs is to make our website appear and actually be as high quality as possible. And Yoast is almost like a tracker to help us keep in line with what Google is looking for. So a few ways that we structure any page, but I'll use blog posts as an example, um, to make it SEO friendly is we want a, first we need to choose a keyword. So we, I'll, I'll dive into keyword research in a little bit, but first we need to choose a keyword and we need to strategically place that keyword in a few different spots on our blog. We first need it in the headline and we need the headline to be a certain amount of characters then it needs to be in the meta description. And the meta description is what appears in Google when your website shows up. So like if you, you know, typed in like SEO services in Phoenix, you, it would say Stephanie Becker digital marketing. And then underneath that link would have a small description there. That's actually called a meta description. And we definitely want a keyword in there as close to the beginning as possible. And then you also want to have it somewhere in your copy a few times um, and overall, just like a really great content built around the keyword that you are optimizing for. Now, that's a really simple explanation. If you know anything about SEO, you're like, you're forgetting this, you're forgetting this. And I totally understand, but it's so far in depth that um, using the Yoast plugin, it gives you literally a green light when you've done everything bad and a red light when you've done something wrong. Um, so you've used it too. Yeah, I love the Yoast plugin. It's amazing. And there's, I think it's even like a little happy face and like sad face too. <laughs> so if you've ever been confused about SEO, I mean, there's so much more to it than just the Yoast plugin, but that's such a great place to start. If you have a WordPress site, as long as you have like a green smiley face, you're on the right track. Like it, it could, it could be better, but that's a really, really great place to start. Yes, and it's free. It. Yes. Amazing. That's we love part. free. <laughs> I do have the upgraded version, which I would recommend if you are serious about blogging or serious about your website. And I think it's like $80, but the free version is also really, really awesome. Um, so definitely Yoast for building out your pages. And that's going to get you that high level optimization that you're looking for. If you're a business with literally no budget or you're just getting started, that's where I would start before I spent any money on SEO, like with help or strategy, I would definitely start with the Yoast plugin. Um, but really the Yoast plugin is built around what keyword you choose and how I choose keywords for my different pages on my website or for my clients is I think about the products or service that they're offering at a really high level. So one, one way to get your brain going thinking about this is if you had to describe your business without actually using your name or like specifically what you do, how would you do that? So for me, if someone wanted to find me without using words, Stephanie Becker, digital marketing, what would they say in Google? And for me, that's SEO services. 
So I want to show up for SEO services, not just for Stephanie Becker digital marketing. Cause if someone's searching for that, I hope they click on my website because like that would match exactly. Um, but when you type in SEO services, the competition is significant, right? Um, so there are tools out there that show you how many times specific keywords in Google are searched and you can find the best keywords by seeing which search, which searches have been searched a lot, which ones have been searched a little, and then finding that sweet spot in the middle. So you're not competing with, you know, the biggest names in your industry, but you're also not narrowing it down so much that you are never found. Yeah. And the tool I use for that, I love, it's called Uber Suggest, and that's also free. Awesome. Yeah. Just play around in there and just type in different keywords and search terms that you feel like apply to your business. So like I said, I would just get out a notebook and a piece of paper and think about how you would describe your product or your service um, in the way that somebody else would actually find you. So like one of my, one of the people I worked with, with my wedding, she described herself as a wedding stylist instead of like a wedding planner. And so if you think about that, like she really was truly a planner, but think about how your audience uses these words and phrases and how they describe you versus how you describe yourself. Um, because ultimately it's about people finding you, not necessarily you showing up for these like really granular terms that no one's really looking for. Exactly. I love that. And I like the process of kind of of thinking that putting your head like yourself in the searcher's shoes like what would they type in for me to show up so i love that exactly exactly i could talk to you forever but one last question before we head into our quick question round so yeah. what is one thing that somebody could do today to just start getting more in like the habit of thinking about seo and just diving into this world Absolutely. Creating content consistently, because even if you never do an optimization of your website ever, as long as you have consistent content, that's high quality, you're always going to be in Google's good graces. Love, love it. It's, it's, it can be simple people. <laughs> we can do it. Awesome. Okay, cool. So we're going to head into our quick question round. Are you ready? Steph? Yeah, I love it. Awesome. First one, my first job ever. I learned everything I know. Essential part of my morning routine. Oh, coffee for sure. And my baby, I go get him out of his crib and he's smiling at me. And that is like the best part of my day. But the second best part of my day is my Keurig. <laughs> Amazing. Next one, I'm obsessed with blank right now. So that can be anything you're obsessed with right now. Food, show, whatever. Man, right now I am obsessed with Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. Ooh, okay. Have you started that yet? I have. I keep seeing like the the thing for it and I'm like, I need to watch that. Is it good? It's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. My my husband and I never watch the same shows and this one has got us both so hooked. We love it so much. Yeah. Love on the Spectrum on Netflix is um, where I'm spending my evenings right now. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, favorite skincare, beauty, or like self-care product? I recently got natural beaded row hair extensions. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, I don't even know really. Actually, a bad haircut really made me 
bite the bullet and do this, but I will never not have them. They are life-changing. Love it. Love it. We love some volume. Yeah. And you like, don't have to wash your hair as often because they, um, like absorb more of the oil. And I, like I said, I got my haircut a little bit too short. And so they just changed my whole life. I did get them though, right before quarantine started. And so my husband was giving me such a hard time about it because I, you know, did this like big change to my hair and literally no one has seen it still. (laughs) Well, we're, I see it. I see it. And the listeners, (laughs) they will see it in spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then favorite Instagram account to follow Heather McMahon. Love, love Heather. So fun. (laughs) I found her through like the Britney 911, like her highlights where she went (laughs) the Britney Spears stuff. She is hilarious. That is the best follow on Instagram right now. And her podcast is also really funny too, but she hasn't really gotten through the depths of this depressing quarantine for sure. Yes. Her podcast is hilarious in quarantine. Love her. I have blank at my desk always. I have chapstick at my desk always, literally always. (laughs) And always works these. Essential. Love it. Best (laughs) advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received? Probably just to keep going. Like, especially in business, like it's just, oh, it always, like in the same day, you feel like a success and a failure, like literally every single day. And so I think just persevere and keep going, especially if you know that your heart's in it. Um, yeah, I just, I think there's really no other way to be successful than just to, like power through, you know? Love. Favorite book, podcast, resource, just some kind of like media or medium that has had an impact on you that you want to share? I really love Digital Marketing School podcast and that it's one to two minute episodes from Neil Patel, who is the ultimate SEO guru. And he really dives into like the nitty gritty and there's a podcast every single day and it's only two minutes long. So if you have two minutes to learn about something about digital marketing, that's a great resource to spend your time on. I love it. And I love that that's so short. Like we can do that. Brushing your teeth. Listen, that's awesome. Serious. Serious. It's, it's really great. And the information, like you can't be beat because it's all research-based. So highly recommend. Very cool. Next one. Proudest moment in your career so far. Oh man, my proudest moment. I think when I finished my SEO course, because I had started it. So it took me so long to actually create because I was in the midst of just a lot of life changes because I found out I was expecting and then I had my baby and all this stuff. So once it was finally done and put out into the world, I knew that I could help the most amount of people because I only have so much, so many hours in a day to like take on clients, but this is going to allow me to impact as many people as possible. So I would say finishing the course, putting it out into the world. Amazing. And the last one, I'm inspired by blank. I'm inspired by my one-year-old, Charlie. He really does inspire me because he just wakes up every day so happy. And like, even when I feel like I'm bringing yesterday's frustrations into today, like he really snaps me back right into the moment and just remember like how precious life is. And um, we worked really hard to get him. He is an infertility baby. And so he really, like I said, just brings me back to the present anytime I feel stressed. 
I love that. That is so sweet. Thank you so much. You survived the quick, what I call these days. Because <laughs> um, it used to be the rapid fire round, but that sounded too scary. And then it was working girl talk top 10, but it's long. So we, you survived the question. By the end, like, I feel like I could, I would probably have different answers if you, <laughs> if you did it over time. <laughs> no, it was perfect. I love it. Where can everyone follow you, keep up with you, check out the course, all that. Yeah. So you can head to my website, stephaniebeckerdigital.com. Um, I do spell my name pretty weird. So it's S T E F A N I E or on Instagram. I'm always hanging out there at Stephanie Becker digital. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on working girl. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Stephanie. So helpful. And do not forget to check out the freebie. It is linked in the show notes. So make sure to click that link and check out the freebie from Stephanie. As always, I do a little Friday favorite, something I liked this week that I share on the podcast. My Friday favorite this week is switching to later to schedule social. So I have always had a ton of different platforms I use for social scheduling just because, oh, this one doesn't have LinkedIn scheduling. Oh, this one doesn't have Pinterest. So I finally, I made the switch to later and, or later, I don't know why I keep saying it like that. Uh, I made the switch to later and they actually offer everything. They have Pinterest, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all in one and Instagram too. I'm still holding on to Planoly because I just love Planoly, but I thought it, it was awesome to switch to later and this means you'll be seeing more content on all the Working Girl Talk channels because I have my life together now. <laughs> so that is my Friday favorite this week, getting more productive, getting my life, my social media life that is in order. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk. If anything resonated with you today, please rate the show five stars and leave a little review while you're at it. Just a few sentences, takes a couple seconds. Tell us what you love about the podcast. And if anything resonated with you on this episode specifically, take a screenshot, share to your story, tag at Working Girl Talk, tag me, your host, at Abby Zufelt, and tag at Stephanie Becker as well. And... If you also want to do your friends a favor, copy the link to the episode and share it with them. Thank you so, so much. I will talk to you next week.